Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. These words of the angels are echoed almost every Sunday at Mass, when we sing or say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. This is so much a part of our Catholic worship that oftentimes we can take it for granted because we say it again and again and again. It becomes trite. It's like singing the national anthem before a baseball game. We just dive in halfway through the second verse, not thinking about what we're saying. But what are we saying? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of good will. The angels, in what they're saying to the shepherds, And the church, and through Jesus, and what he's saying to each one of us every time we say this prayer, is a teaching. It's helping us understand the order of things. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. Glory to God in the highest. When God is the most important, when God and praise of God and love of God and love of neighbor is the highest, then, and only then, will we know peace, And will we truly be people of good will? God is the origin of all good. God is the one who helps us understand and live all good. And we have in us this desire because we are made in the image and likeness of God to praise Him but to also know His peace and His love, to be a person of good will. And yet if we look around in our society, in a time when we should be most peaceful because it's so easy to connect with one another, we see more and more separation, disunity, anger, hatred, violence. And in our own, our own hearts, and our own families, and our own friends, we see not only discord, but we see the real struggle for people to know and to be loved more and more. In a time when it's easy to pull out your phone and get on Snapchat and connect with thousands of people, most people count maybe only one or two intimate, close friends who they can trust with anything. And it's into this void that we receive, as the prophet Isaiah calls him, the wonder counselor, the God hero. It is into this void that Jesus Christ comes, and he desires to be born in our hearts right now, today, Every day, the incarnation, Jesus, God himself becoming one of us, that which is infinite becoming finite, is an invitation. It's a desire from God to be loved by us, yes, but for us to be set free, for us to sing with the whole being, glory to God in the highest, and to know what it means to have his peace and to be people of goodwill. God comes and he tries to show us this. And he helps us realize that this search we have, this search we have for ultimate meaning, ultimate peace, ultimate happiness, if it doesn't touch on the sacred, leads to ultimate emptiness. That without God, our quest for whatever it may be will never be fulfilled. And so God comes, and he doesn't come in grandiose signs. He doesn't come banging a gong. He doesn't come in a huge way. He reveals himself first to the poor. And he himself comes quietly, subtly, humbly, poorly. 
And so it is with each one of us. God comes into our life in simple, subtle ways. And until we make ourselves simple and subtle, until we make ourselves humble, until we strip away all those things, we run the risk of missing Him. And not only that, but we fear that if we give ourselves to God, if we actually say that we believe this and mean it with our whole heart, that we'll lose something, that we'll be somewhat less free, somewhat less capable. And yet, Pope Benedict in his first homily as Pope in 2005 said to the church then, when we give ourselves to Christ, we fear that we'll lose something that makes us free, good, but we lose nothing. We actually get everything, everything that makes us good and beautiful comes when we give ourselves to God. We should all be able to look in our own lives and recognize that moment when we realize God was asking something of us and God was showing us the way. In my own life, I look it back about eight years ago when I was considering becoming a Dominican, becoming a priest, and having lived what I would consider a full college experience, I didn't think that I could do this. I didn't think that I could give all of this up. And yet, as I was driving to the grocery store one day, I realized that God wasn't asking me to give that all up today. What God was asking for me was a simple, subtle, humble service of Him today. And that eight, ten years down the road when He would ask something major of me, I would have the strength to do it because I've given myself day after day as best I could to Him. Because when a child comes into the lives of a family, it's not, it is a huge change for that family. I see this in my friends and family who are all having children. But it's the simple and subtle things of service that make that child love, that make that child grow. It's the simple act of getting up in the middle of the night to feed a hungry baby or change the diaper that helps the family grow so that when a greater sacrifice is necessary or called of it, they're able to do it. And the same thing is for us. In the second reading, St. Paul exhorts Titus and us in turn to live temperately, devoutly, and justly. Each one of us, no matter where we've been, no matter where we're going, we need to make this decision to strip away those things that draw us away from Christ, to make a commitment to Him in a simple way, in a subtle way, day after day, hour after hour, to bear Christ, to have Christ be born in our lives and in our world, so that we can sing without hesitation and throughout our entire lives, glory to God in the highest. And we can know with utter certainty the peace of the people of goodwill.